Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFuturist.com. Today we're continuing our pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the 22nd. Today's guest is Larry Merriman, who's the Vice President of Strategic Market Development for Stewart Enterprises. Larry, are you there? I am, Robin. Good morning. Well, great. Thanks uh, Thanks for joining us. And uh, now before we get into uh, you know the, the uh, the bulk of the interview, could you just provide a little bit of background about yourself, Larry, and also about your company? You bet. Uh, Stewart Enterprises is the, uh, I'm pretty much known uh, in the industry, we're the second largest uh, funeral and cemetery uh, operation in the United States that's publicly traded. We have about 360 facilities in 24 states in Puerto Rico. You know, we operate a uh, fairly uh, complex and large enterprise, uh, but we are still very much focused on the local markets. Um, my background in general is I'm new to this uh, industry, having only spent uh, five years uh, in the industry, and I've learned that uh, most people have to spend uh, several generations before they have huge credibility. Uh, mine is five years. I had leadership roles in multiple other industries in retail, service sectors, merger and acquisition work, and manufacturing. So my current job places me in a role where I'm looking at uh, the things that stewards should be paying attention to more in the future and less in what we do on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Well, that's that's great. And uh, I'm really looking forward to your insights because I think uh, you know, as, uh, as we get into these really changing and diverse times in, in the funeral industry, uh, we need we need fresh eyes because we don't, you know, the, uh, the generational funeral directors can't bring the insights. You know, we only represent, you know, a fraction of a percent, 1% of the, of the population. We need outsiders to say, Hey, you know, that you've got to, you've got to focus to these other people. And, and that's why I was excited to be able to have this chat with you. So your, your presentation is marketing to the new boomer. And, uh, you know, we've all been waiting for years of, you know, the big, boom uh, of the boomers and uh, we're still a few years out but uh, you know they're they're making decisions now and 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 choices so maybe Larry if you could um, you know from the description in the in the program for the for the convention uh, it talks about that there was some extensive new research that uh, that you've could uh, conducted through through your company could you maybe just uh, you know let us know kind of what what this is based on or where where the information came from you bet. And, and I'm going to hedge a little bit about some of the firms that we've had involved, but uh, uh, mostly this, this research is fairly recent. I'd say it's um, about 18 to 22 months old with the newest parts of it uh, being in the three to six month old period. Uh, Starting with Ken Grombach's work on the age curve, a very insightful book that talks about the demographic changes that are coming, uh, Ken will tell you passionately, and we believe passionately, and I think our industry is seeing it, that the baby boomer hype was hyped, that they were here at the front door, they were going to be upon us in moments, and instead, when you uh, go back to uh, math and look at what their natural death age is going to be, it still suggests that we're a few years away from anything that looks like an uptick in the market. So we're, we're in that trough between the GI generation and the generation known as the, the silent generation. Think of that as more of the uh, Korean War versus the World War II. Mm-hmm. So we, we started with that and said, okay, let's build upon that. What does that mean to us in terms of the, the kind of consumers that we see out there? We know the boomers are a part of that, but there's also uh, this transitional generation between the, what was and what will be. 
So we engaged a, uh, uh, some internal research on this. We also engaged a, a company at about the same uh, ranking as J.D. Power, uh, an external independent corporation that uh, spent about a year doing research, uh, qualitative and quantitative, on this issue, uh, taking a look at the experiences and, uh, and ages and, and all of the wants and needs of this consumer base. And then we also had a second independent research firm that we've used over the years. They specialize in uh, boomers and millennials. And part of this uh, is a homogenization. My, my, uh, I'm trying not to, to use research quality presentation in, in Las Vegas, but instead boil all of that down to this is how it impacts our industry, mm-hmm. not you know boomers are six foot three four tall and weigh an average 135 pounds. No. That would be interesting information, but not relevant to what we do on a day-to-day basis in this industry and profession that we have. So that's the genesis, Robin, of the uh, of the research. And the newest part of it talks about a sea change. And that's the part I think that people will be most interested in when we claim that there is a slightly new or variant uh, profile to the boomer that we may have uh, held in our minds before. Well, now... And I'm guessing then, is this due to the economic downturn and, and things like that, how things have kind of changed over the last little bit? It is. Uh, and, and, but it's, one would say, okay, it's all about the economics, but it turns out it's not all about the economics. Certainly, no one wants to see their self-image uh, um, go down the tube, nor do they want to see their uh, 401k, IRA, whatever they have. There's some $40 trillion worth of um, wealth in the baby boomer generation, uh, 40 to $80 trillion is going to transfer to the next generation. So any downturn in the market uh, is, is an impact, absolutely an impact, and there's fear uh, concerning whether they have enough money for retirement. Conversely, one of the big findings is that um, it wasn't just all about the money, it was true disgust uh, by the boomer generation with the uh, institutions that should have known better, that should have uh, done a better job, uh, should have uh, managed this this crisis more, and that is uh, both our political institutions as well as our financial ones. And that has caused a backlash, and and that backlash, I'll save the punchline for the talk, (laughs) has to do with, um, you know, what boomers actually seek now and what their level of trust is in various organizations and how you can uh, resonate with that group by coming in and saying and doing the right things and having it, and having it be meaningful. Uh, so that it wasn't just all about the money. Uh, mm-hmm. It was about really some, some long-held standards of belief that the government had a certain role and financial institutions had roles, and they violated those roles. For sure. Well, then how does that relate then when, you know, when you, we start looking at individuals and, uh, you know, we, we always try to uh, – you know, cater to you know, these like a different group. But um, did from your findings, did you did you come up with specific? You know, who's the ideal uh, market, or or you know, who should we be picturing? Um, and I'm sure there's a couple of them, or or more um, of Actually, people walking we were, through the door. 
You bet, Robin. I mean, actually, we were hoping it would be just a few, uh, because the the fewer things you have to learn about the people that uh, you interface with, the more likely you are to become an expert more quickly in in managing the expectations of those those that cohort that group, or uh, being able to apply certain techniques that you know work in in those groups in terms of what they want. Instead, what we got back from the research is a, is a more complex answer which, of course, is not what any of us really wanted to hear, uh, which is uh, as if there wasn't enough complexity to deal with in our own tax codes or our own uh, health care uh, obligations. Uh, now we have, uh, for our own industry, we find that there are somewhere between seven and ten distinct uh, different groups of people that walk through that front door and probably going to go to something north of ten as we as we transform between uh, three generations. That would be GI silent, boomer, and then the boomers' kids, the Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look at those audiences and what their capabilities are, what their wants and needs are, uh, a modern funeral home or cemetery uh, operator has now got to juggle a, a great deal of information uh, about what each of these different sectors is going to want to hear, see, and pay for in their in their operations. And that's where I try my best to, to drill into that a little bit during the talk, uh, is to say these are some solutions. I can offer up some solutions that are unproven because no one has been here before, so these are just suggestions more than they are proven solutions. Uh, but they do attack these issues and try to make some some take some of the complexity out of it and provide uh, a little bit more help in in making sure that as you serve these individuals, you keep them and you build a relationship with them. Absolutely. Now, now you know we've we've been told over the last well probably five to ten years anyway. But um, you know, one thing I'm guessing you know that probably hasn't changed. Are we should we still be you know are the women still making the decisions and like is that is that still constant, or did you find anything new about that? Well, a part of my talk is is uh, is a distinct set of slides called female fever, and in, <laughs> and in female fever, uh, we address this issue that fifty point five percent of the workforce today is uh, female. They control about five to seven trillion dollars annually in spending. And they also have uh, more practice of being consumers and value shoppers than, than the cohorts before them, ever. And this, this individual is of key importance when we start talking about uh, this switch between generations and between how people want to be approached. And so in that little segment, I'll, I'll go into some more facts and figures and talk about where the, uh, the, the, the pros, the cons of, of approaching these, uh, these individual groups. Now, I find it amazing if anybody doesn't think that uh, there's been a huge female influence. Uh, a Portageon company, I know this sounds a, a little bit like a uh, earthy joke, but it's not. A Portageon company in the, uh, the East uh, got a request uh, 10 years ago that says they needed a female-friendly Portageon, and they, they laughed at it. And as time went on, uh, they, 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 they lost business, didn't get as much, uh, and they decided that the only way to, to make sure that they were meeting the needs of all their consumers is that they have a port of jane that they built. And now this port of jane in pink uh, is more female-friendly, uh, has more of the, uh, uh, the accoutrements that are necessary for job sites and for temporary uh, facilities where you have sports events, etc. Mm-hmm. because this consumer has been that demanding. 
Another example of demanding consumer behavior, female or otherwise, is uh, just take Netflix or Bank of America, uh, anyone that has tried to either slap a fee on or change their model and think that they could get away with it just simply because the older generations used to grouse a bit about it, but they really nothing they could do. Uh, well, when Netflix tried to change its model here recently, they lost uh, tens of millions of dollars in the marketplace almost overnight uh, by the revolt of people jumping out of contracts with Netflix and on into something uh, that was different or not at all. Mm-hmm. They felt wronged, they wanted out, and that was that. Uh, and uh, the, the ether sphere out there on the Internet, uh, you, with all the tweets and all the other information that can fly at light speed, uh, everyone joined in, and Bank America uh, realized this when uh, they were told no to a fee they wanted to put on top of uh, something that uh, that had otherwise been free or almost free before. And consumers can vote very quickly. And this female fever issue is addressing the fact that the female consumer, the social maven, mm-hmm. uh, as they are known, uh, can can be an incredibly influential factor, both negative and positive, mostly positive. They're looking for the positive. Just don't do them wrong, uh, or we'll be realizing some of the Shakespearean, hell hath no wrath like a woman scorned. Uh, this will indeed play itself out in the marketplace if you don't cater to the needs of this cohort. So what, um, you know, is there any suggestions that you um, that you could give uh, the folks listening? You know, what what could they, you know, what should they do or should they look at their business any differently um, with this uh, with this in mind? I think there's a, a number of things, and, and it's not just female fever. You're, you're talking about how the, the consumers that are called boomers view the world, and they, they have a, some very distinct uh, traits and, and characteristics, which I'll go into during the talk. But to answer your question, are there things we can be doing? You can, you can look very much more closely at the female friendliness of your operations, and should. Mm-hmm you can realize that boomers, female or otherwise, value experiences. And what they want to do is pay for experiences. They may not say that in the way that it's as clear as I just did, but they are looking for that. Uh, They would rather spend money on an adventure vacation or a semi-adventure vacation than they would to do uh, something uh, that would be more traditional with mm-hmm. their money. Uh, this is this is why they like to come back and then brag about that, hey, we went to uh, this very exotic place, did these things, and uh, we met with the villagers. It was terrific. There's a social status issue that comes with it, and that status issue is a, is really the, some of the new capital of the of the boomer world or of their world is when they get engaged in conversations, it's not what you own, it's what you've done. And uh, so you've got to realize that these people are looking for, in, even in their final hours of, uh, of planning a funeral or a cemetery, they're still looking for experiences. They want it to be memorable. Are we actually answering their questions? Maybe they're not asking them in the way that we're expecting it to be asked, but that is one of their very big characteristics. Okay. Now, um, now what you mentioned just briefly about uh, the Gen, Gen Xers, what's, what role should we, sh- you know, should we watch for them to play, um, you know, in the, in the kind of in the short term, in the next five or ten years? It's a good question, Robin. And, and I think the, the evidence doesn't support a trend yet, but here's what in, sort of from the gut intuition appears to be that a lot of the boomers are asking their Gen X children to put together the funeral plans and then bring it to them for final um, 
I guess, final approval, sign off, uh, final discussion, something like that. So what you end up with is a, a boomer group that turns their the job of pre-planning uh, over to their children. And they say, go make this happen. Well, those Gen Xers are tech-savvy, high-definition consumers, people that will research. They'll look for testimonials. Uh, there will be a, a, a number of places that they'll go shop. They will not just revert back to the uh, tried and true. And I think what uh, you're going to see is that there's, that audience will be uh, sort of acting as agent for the, uh, the boomer generation. Now, this, again, the, the evidence in the research doesn't support this yet. Uh, I'm advocating that we watch for it and see if it is a trend. And if it is a trend, then we have to react accordingly. That's that's really interesting. Just to think that okay, they're uh, you know send it, sending their kid off to to get all the information, and you know as you said, the kids are you know much uh, much more savvy online. So we need so we need to be we need to know that almost we have to we're we're trying to market to the uh, to the boomers. So say to that uh, you know fifty five year old female. Uh, or sixty or or whatever, but uh, but we need to, we need to the conduit is uh, the agent. I love that term. The you know their uh, Gen X agent to um, to deliver that information. So you're yeah, it's it's not getting easier, Larry. <laughs> this is getting trickier. No, I, I, you know I'm, I'm afraid the tomatoes are going to come up at me at the speech because uh, uh, people are coming there and perhaps um, at first blush saying, well, if you if you just put it into this magic machine and press this button, the answer comes out. And and instead of that, what we're going to have to do is be careful about uh, about our own biases so in, in all of our industries and businesses that we don't um, become the one that's judgmental on this. We need to look at it and make sure we're reacting to what the consumer is saying. One of the first rules of marketing is you are not the consumer Mm -hmm. Uh, because uh, if you introduce your own needs and wants into the equation, uh, what happens is you end up catering to the cohort that's you and people like you, which may be not the big cohort. It may be the smallest one in the group. And, uh, you know, those seven to ten groups I talked about before, you can't, nobody can manage a seven to ten group uh, matrix in their head uh, trying to be the funeral director to cater to every one of those needs and wants. So you have to simplify even further. Once you know that information, you've got to find a way to simplify that down uh, and work uh, accordingly with that family. Um, so the bottom line, what I'm trying to uh, put together are, are some selected solutions that sort of cut across all of those, those complex, uh, complexities and make sure that we have some tools right away that we can use and refine as we go further along uh, with this cohort and with this, uh, with this process of the boomers finally aging and finally reaching their natural death age. Wow. Well, that's, uh, you know, this, this is really interesting because I think, you know, we've, we, we, we've been hearing about marketing to the boomers for, again, you know, five to 10 years or, or even longer, but, you know, there's this new twist and I, and uh, and I that's why I think that your when I read the description of 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 your session I'm like we need you know this is something very important so uh, I wanted to get your insight on it and uh, and also too to let the folks know that uh, that when they're in Las Vegas that they should attend your pro, your your presentation so now Larry before I let you go any uh, any final thoughts well I think I think that we're we're very uniquely positioned as a, as an industry and as a profession where uh, we still have a great 
we have we have a great purpose. And if you look at the research data, some some of which I'll be able to pull out and, and put on a slide in front of people, uh, it, it shows that there's a very large trust factor uh, still remaining in in our industry. And so I think if I had a message, it's it's sort of ours to lose, Robin. Mm-hmm. In in that regard, I think that we are the ones that, that control a lot of our fate in this category. What we do, how we act, how we adapt, we don't have to change our core principles and values, uh, which is ministering to to folks in a time of great need. But there are techniques and adaptions that probably will be forced upon us, and how we handle that is going to mark us for the future. And this business that uh, that we see is uh, coming, it's much like the millennial bug. Remember the time everybody told us the whole world was going to shut down the minute we went into 2000? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, you know, the boomers are coming. We're almost overusing that line uh, because uh, the, 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 the length of time it's taken since somebody first announced that that was imminent upon us. And today uh, is has been many years, and it's still many years to go uh, before you get the full realization, the peak, if you will, of that particular uh, segment of the population generation. So it's uh, the message is ours, ours to lose. It's complex, but it's not, it's not something we can't do. Uh, it is a an adaptation of what we've done in the past, but it's not so radical that we can't adapt and, and therefore be made extinct like dinosaurs were. Uh, instead, I think we have uh, the opportunity here to embrace this change and, and do some good. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm really looking forward to the presentation and, uh, and seeing you in Las Vegas, and I, uh, I recommend that uh, everyone listening should do the same. Well, I'd like to, th- I'd like to thank Larry Merriman of uh, Stewart Enterprises, who is going to be presenting Marketing to the New Boomer at ICCFA's annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from March 19th to the 22nd. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. Check back soon for another ICCFA pre-conference interview. On behalf of FuneralGurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.